fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. You know, right now we're kind of in the dumpster. Let me tell you something. First things first is I'm going to stick around here for a long, long time. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. And number two, the franchise is not going anywhere. That's like totally solid. So you get excited because they're excited, gets me excited, gets all of our fans excited and our sponsors. So it's going to work out. I really think that the fans are going to be supportive. We just got to give them the hope that uh, we, that they know that we know what we're doing and that translates into the team uh, knowing what they're doing and putting some wins together. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep, put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks, he's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep, pucks in deep, pucks deep, pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. So basically, let's go. We just have to make sure that our listeners feel like so gonna work they out. know. Oh, did you hear that in the background? So it's going to work out. I, for- I totally forgot, dude. I played it again because I wanted to laugh with you and say, I'm pretty sure that little one second clip of Eugene saying, so it's going to work out. It's just the greatest thing I've ever heard. We're going to keep that and use that. I'm pretty sure that's going to work its that's way. A, that's a good one. Into the regular rotation. Because I, I remember what he was t- like. I remember th- where that came from, where he's, you know, everyone's excited. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm but excited. it's going to work out. I forgot <laughs> that he just kind of like summed it up with that with uh, Mark Borietsky. Yeah, when they did the, the weird, awkward sit down interview, the between two ferns interview. Or yeah, yeah, it was. yeah. So anyway, what I Eugene ruined my fucking joke. Thanks a lot, Eugene, because I wanted to say basically we just have to make sure that our listeners feel like we know what we're doing, and that translates into the podcast feeling like it knows what it's doing. It's going to work out. So it's going to work out. <laughs> it's almost, it's reminiscent to me of if you ever spend time listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. I'm not sure. Did you or no? Not, okay. not much. It was kind of like right around the time when they left to go yeah. to the States. They, they were just a few years in, I think, at that time. But they're, they're like audio guy. They're producer. Um, you know, position open for grabs, by the way, on the Pucks and D podcast. Um, but all joking aside, their producer did a, always did a bang up job every week of like you know pressing the right audio button at the right time i always find that's that's fascinating if you're a big like radio listener too you know like on the sound your favorite show will have these sound bites that they use at recurring times and it's always awesome when they when they just drop them at the right time like they, they must have one window open just with all these clips that are the recurring ones that they use. So you can just like, oh, yeah, they're talking That's about that. That's the one. Yeah. And, and knowing it comes up common conversation, I guess, throughout the show. Yes, and that's the that's the big thing. So as you gain stature, I guess you could say, as, as a radio show or a podcast, certain things come up over and over and over again. And a great soundbite is either birthed out of that or you find a great soundbite that everybody knows and you use it to make that joke. And on the Jay and Dan podcast, it was always uh, why not, eh? Because they were talking, they, they played a clip of a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan uh, who painted her house green during the <laughs> Ryder Cup. And her response to the reporter when he or she asked, why did you do that? She said, why not, eh? So like every time someone on the show 
says, why not? Like if you, if I said, well, let's go. Why, why, why would you do that? And you said, why not? <laughs> the, the audio guy on the podcast would quickly press the button or maybe uh, it's yeah. done in post. <laughs> maybe it's done in post where maybe they, in post production. If it's a podcast, it's yeah. possible to over. We don't have, but that. it's in the live radio shows where it really impresses me when they drop it. Like if you're an overdrive listener, you might hear noodles clip that it's one of my favorites that they use is uh never know when he's like all raspy yeah, and, and it's know. like he had nothing to say like <laughs> nothing to add like hey he's like teed him up into something he's like never know <laughs> um it, for our howard stern fans uh, fred howard stern's uh, soundboard guy and longtime sidekick is phenomenal when it comes to that like it's to the point now where i spend a lot of time listening to the stern show so it, it, it's come to the point now where I hear something and in my mind, I say, Fred's going to play that soundbite. He's definitely going to play it. Why hasn't he played it yet? I can't believe that. Oh, there it is. Boom. Yeah. You know, he presses the button. You know, it's the appropriate time. So, you know, in, in that 15 to 20 second window, let's go. He's like you said, probably scrolling through or maybe there's keywords that he types into his keyboard and then there it is. Yeah, I would love to a behind the scenes look on how they, yeah. how they lay that out from like a, I don't know, uh technical standpoint or yeah, on me the too. computer or whatever but well let's dive right into it behind the scenes you talked about behind the scenes would you or would you not love to be behind the scenes at an ottawa senator's brass management ownership meeting as long as i wasn't working for them <laughs> okay i mean Eugene, so you'd rather be a fly dead in 24 hours right. on the wall than alive and employed, employed by eugene the content machine <laughs> Great name. He's fucking feeding us again, right? So this Rick Gibbons piece comes out in the Ottawa Sun the other day that details this uh, $100 donation that the Sense Foundation made. Now, this, of course, comes on the heels of the news that the Sense Foundation is splitting from the Ottawa Senators organization. And that's that's a bit of an eye-catcher to begin with because you're thinking the charity organization? Like, really? like, And, of course, of course it's because... Somebody doesn't exactly see eye to eye with somebody and they don't like the rent they're charging them. Apparently they're charging them like a high amount of rent for the facility. Hundreds of thousands. They want to divert money towards this organ cause. So Eugene sets up this uh, this independent um, charity agency in the city of Toronto that is for transplant, uh, transplant, organ research. transplant research and right. awareness. <clears throat> right. But somebody gets into the books, like in their CRA filings, and finds out that they they generated nine hundred ninety one thousand, right? So rounded to a mill. Yeah, but they staged this gala in Toronto where they raised all of this money, I guess, at this one event. And then when they broke it down, they figured out that they had only spent about five thousand dollars into the actual cause. Everything else went to internal operations and putting on this whatever ritzy gala they had. Well, let me let me break it down for you. First of all, I feel like we should back up a little bit and just clarify that Friday was the news that the team and its charitable foundation were in fact splitting. Right? Right. It was it was um what was it? Speculated for like a day and then it was released on Friday. Effective July 30th, here is the press release. We are splitting. We will not make a comment at this time which we laughed about over text message because they love to do their Friday afternoon news dump so that they don't have to answer any questions to the media. Right. And it, it was also, I think on the heels, like you said, of them leaking it. So there, or uh, it, it got leaked or it yes. got out there. So they went, okay, we'll put that to bed real quick and just 
announced it and the Senators Foundation has put out a statement and the Senators put out a statement after that as well. Also, I'm saying we're, we're accepting expressions of interest or whatever <laughs> to come up with a new... We're accepting applications. Yeah, basically. Like Are for you a new running down cha- to the charitable CTC agency. to throw your resume into Eugene? I uh, no. Hey, man, I'd, I'd love to help you raise money that you can put in your fucking pocket. Yeah, or is he, uh, that's the weird thing is that 100000 donation that came out of the Ottawa Senators Foundation into the other organization. Like, is he like... Laundering? Well, they're laundering money from one to another, like diverting things to this cause, you know, despite, you know, the, the, um, I mean, the Sense Foundation does a lot of great things here, and I don't want them to get dragged down by Eugene and his PR nightmare. Right. Because, like, they, they make, uh, you know, they've created, like, permanent outdoor rinks in communities, uh, boards, the whole works. Uh, they do a lot of investment in local sports. And, well, the Roger and Nielsen the Foundation is a part of that is it not it's an extension I, I i'm of not the, sure but i'm almost positive it is i wish i had the article in front of me but i read about it in the article it said it's it's very sad and it makes you wonder what is going to happen to the like the much beloved roger nielsen house or something i think maybe it's the roger nielsen house the nielsen house the roger right. house i can't remember what it's what it's called fuck terrible podcasting but anyway it it's it, it's it's an upsetting time i feel for the fans once again once again, yeah, um, and and I thought down uh, down goes Brown summed it up. Sean McIndoe in his article in the Athletic, where he basically said like the the relationship between the Ottawa Senators owner and their fans is gone. And it's not coming back. Like, and he's not going anywhere. He also points out as well. So he's like, where does this end? Where is it going to end? Because there's no end in sight. If he has no intentions of moving on from the team and selling the team, and the team staying there. Then, man, it's it's just a a shitty waiting game for fans. And and again, we just you know may sound like we pile on this guy all the time, but he keeps feeding it to us, right? Like just yet an, another story with some more shady financial shit basically involved. And this time, it's the charity organization, which which couldn't be worse, right? Like it couldn't be worse that it's the charitable foundation. Which now is just called the foundation, by the way. Right, which I because they can't kind of, use the the Ottawa Center's logo or name or whatever. Like I was, it's interesting that they're going to continue on as its own independent organization. Like it's not just being dissolved. Where it's like, I guess the people who run that organization still feel like they have a lot to offer and and a place in the community. And if you think about it, there's probably a lot of organizations, um, maybe not dependent, but right. have. Uh, strong relationships with that foundation and might be counting on them for a, you know, a source of funding. Well, I wanted to clarify um, earlier, you touched on how the majority of the, the funds that were raised or the proceeds that were raised were allocated to things other than their notable causes, which is a a problem with a lot of charities and their websites now that vet that. Um, you can look up any charity online and you can, you can get a breakdown of what they spend on overhead and administration and what they reinvest exactly. in the cause. Exactly. So on this one, the Oregon Project money, uh, according to the CRA, and I'm quoting right now because I feel like I very rarely use the word whopping, uh, but a whopping $779,000 and change went to cover fundraising costs and an additional... 238,000 and change 
went to management and administration. So, I mean, we're literally talking about the entire amount raised, less $5,000 at the end of the day, which is ludicrous. It's pathetic. Okay? And we don't know. These are just allegations, but I believe he's taking the money. Well, if there's some if that that money right there, like at least the breakdown in itself is direct from the CRA filing. So there's no speeding that. This is right? public knowledge. Yeah. But it's still not it's not public knowledge. Oh, public knowledge what whether he is actually stealing it or not. Yeah, what where that money w- was spent and whatever like Okay. You'd really have to start following it to find out if there is any or, um, improper fucking behavior there. So basically what happened over the weekend and into yesterday, Lesko, as I'm sure you were well aware, the $5,000 mark became somewhat of a benchmark or uh, a talking point, if you will. And there was a, basically a mass fundraising effort by you know, noted Ottawa Senators fans. I'm sure others contributed as well, but just, just to own uh, Eugene, just to own him, just yeah. to be like, yo, this is what we did. It was like, it was like less than three hours and they had eight grand. Yeah. They raised more money than he contributed at all to the cause. And they actually ended up at 18 grand last time I checked. And I think that was yesterday. Unbelievable. I almost wanted to donate just to make Eugene just, look bad. Just to do it. Like that I bet you uh I bet you you wouldn't have been the only Leaf fan to donate to that. <laughs> True. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But but uh, like much of my much of my Sens fans know friends, they know this already. Like as much as they don't want to admit it because they love to hate on Leafs and Leaf fans, is I'm not one of those stupid fans. Like I am a stupidly addicted fan, but I'm also a realist. I understand. I want my team to win every night. I know they're not going to. Uh, you want to talk to me about who I think is going to win tonight? I'm probably going to tell you the Leafs because why the fuck would I say anyone else? Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean that I'm an idiot. Like, I just want them to win all the time. So no big deal. But anyways, point is, at this point in time, I don't care whether it's the Senators or the fucking Blackhawks or Arizona Coyotes. I don't care. I feel bad because the team doesn't deserve to be going through this. Whereas... Let me let me put let me spell this out for you, Lesko, because you fucking know that I'm telling the truth right now. If this was happening to the Leafs, like if if, if you just completely switched scenarios and this was the Leafs, you know that so many of those exact same sense fans would be like, you, "You fucking deserve it, you losers." You know what I mean? <laughs> There's and always yet, somebody who's gonna say that. Right? Here I am being like, I have empathy. I, I have empathy because I, I don't think they we, deserve this. Because as Leaf fan, you, we've gone through so much shit, so it's like. You don't want to kick, necessarily kick the fans while they're down. Right. And we're very fortunate to have been born after the Harold Ballard era. This is. Because it was fucking worse. And this is their own version of that because, uh, you know, and Down Goes Brown actually invoked uh, the names of uh, Wirtz in Chicago and Ballard in Toronto and even Dolan Dolan. in New York. Yeah. As, you know, Melnick is putting himself in that upper echelon of horrible fucking owners. He has to know it. Yeah, absolutely. I would just I just wish I could But he doesn't care. He's I, a stubborn asshole. I wish clearly. I could like make a wish on a genie or something and just be like in his inner circle. Yeah, so I can talk to him and it seems if somebody get the like truth and everything. Because like anybody go up and make him an offer for the team, but they're gonna have to like blow the wheels off the roof sort of thing. 
Uh, that's not even an expression. I just made that up. But blow the wheels blow off the, the wheels roof. Off. I think I combined two fucking expressions, like blow the doors off the house or whatever it is. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Um, yes, yeah, I, I, like, I feel like someone's got to offer him double if he's even going to s- consider selling at this point. But right? he wouldn't. I don't even think or just that. because of the principal. Yes, right. Like he's just and furthermore, he's going to die. The Sen's owner. Dig your fucking heels right in there. I guess right. He already has. I mean, he will, think, he will dig in, bro. You think he would? Well, it's, you don't really want to sell when they're at a low either in terms of their, their value. It's not really great business, but surely they're worth a ton more than when he bought them. But I guess if we want to flip the switch to some positive stuff, um, I did want to talk about Bobby Ryan and his Masterton nomination. It should be the only Masterton nomination of the whole season. Well, it's it's interesting award because everyone gets to nominate a player from their team and I mean, we did talk about Bobby Ryan's story whenever he did make that great comeback and had that awesome game and and kind of touched on what he went through before. But more of that has come to light. Haley Sullivan, uh, Salvian did an excellent article where she kind of detailed, and he actually gave some quotes as well. And one of the ones that really stuck out was he had thought that he played his last NHL game when he entered the substance abuse program earlier this season. Well, I mean... That story is, it's phenomenal from from top to bottom. Just in the sense that even the way he came back, he didn't score on his first night back, right? But he got the Hattie. Yeah, his first. I think it was his first home game back. Yes, you're right. right. Second game back, yeah. first at home, mm-hmm. hat trick. Bobby Ryan, everybody crying. I yeah. was nearly crying on my couch. It was incredible. It was awesome. It was a, one of. It was definitely one of the most more notable moments from this past season that that has stuck with me for sure and. And, you know, I hope he wins it. And, and and also because he seems like a fucking decent human being too. You know what I mean? Like you can look at the way the league and, and fans perceive a guy who is a bit of an asshole and deals with those types of issues, i.e. a Theo Fleury type person. Sure, yeah. Right? Where, you know, everyone's ready to throw shade. Whereas like Bobby Ryan comes back and it's like a big positive environment because people know that he's not a piece of shit piece of shit or something yeah or he hasn't wronged a bunch of people he just had struggles with his own his own addiction issues yeah i mean and 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 that's fair right like let's let's leave everything that happened off the ice just that let's leave it off the ice for a moment when you're talking about on the ice this guy was a fan favorite he was a fan favorite out in anaheim before well, he was he a great came player over. like like crazy skill awesome hands bro do you remember that monster on his skates do you remember that fucking goal he scored in the playoffs against nashville when oh he, yeah when he went it was david leguan yeah inside outside right? inside outside and then back to the inside yeah. again and leguan had no stick and no fucking chance yeah and then he absolutely just like i think it was a, a forehand backhand finish and i believe it would have been pecorine still at that mm-hmm. time rene's been in nashville oh yeah forever. oh yeah and it must have been a tough time for Ryan too in Ottawa, whereas he Beauty. he was the butt end of a lot of jokes for a while due to his contract yeah. and his play and him falling out of favor in the organization. So it's it's great and, and you hope that, you know, next season when they come back that he can kind of build off this momentum and, and continue his career in a positive direction. Yeah, and let's remember too, Lesko, that those talks about players and their contracts, like as much as you can not you, but like someone out there, as much as you could try to spin those as an attack or being unfair that's sports you know these guys play for big big tickets okay and then when they don't perform to that 
amount of money that they're being paid. That's what happens in sports. Yeah, I think at this it's point not in personal. time, I think at this point in time, Ottawa's it's a bad contract. We already know that. But I think as a fan, you can care less because it's not as if you're up against the cap. It's not like fuck Bobby Ryan's eating up all the salary. We could have this, this, and that for it. I mean, yeah. you're barely on the salary floor here. You know, the, a lot of the guys, the cap hits that are contributing to Ottawa getting to the cap fucking floor aren't even playing. So mm-hmm. it's it's it would probably be portrayed a lot worse if you're in a place like Toronto where where you're right up against the cap and we're like, can't get rid of this guy. And I mean, we, we had that problem years ago, uh, you know, dumping bad contracts and finding ways to wriggle out of them and rub it island. Yeah. Yeah. So on and so forth. Uh, take it over to Maple Leafs for a second. Well, hold on. Sorry. sorry. Just interrupt. I want yeah, to ask you about that Masterson. I, um, friend of the show and uh, guest of the show, Nick Alberga. Uh, he had an interesting tweet either yesterday or today. I wanted to ask you about it. I thought it was interesting. He said, I'd like to see the Masterton, Masterton, God damn it! I'd like to see the Masterton Trophy eliminated and have every team have a winner, like have an award, basically, like how or have the Masterton and and for they, all every they team. give out thirty yeah, thirty one thirty one Masterton. Yeah. No, I, I I did see that tweet and I agree whole wholeheartedly with that. But then in the same breath, do you think by doing that that it would maybe a little. Uh, or even over the course of time, after a certain amount of years of it being the normal way, would it not diminish some of these incredible comeback opportunities to give the award to a player that has overcome an incredible amount of adversity, whether it be an addiction or an injury or something of that sort? You think about Oscar Clefbaum. So you're worried year, about getting like or wa- J- watered J- down or something. Yeah, but like if everyone it just gets seems one. that there's yeah, and, and it's not an award based on on. I mean, somewhat on on ice performance, I would say, but really, it's more about the story and 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 shining a light on perseverance and, and what, overcoming yeah. adversity. Yeah. So it's it's not as if given out that many of them, it would be a, a problem. Like I wouldn't mind keeping the name, keeping the trophy, and just literally giving it out to that many. Maybe you wouldn't do it at the award show because it would take all fucking night. Yeah. But it would be cool to have that recognition and i think that's why we see every player who does get nominated usually gets a, a piece about them you know at least in the local media where they're like this is the story this is why they you know they nominated this right. guy and sometimes it brings stuff to light that you might not have heard of through the course of the season or exactly. might not have made it yeah. to your newsreel and i think that's why maybe you know going with the Alberga model here and giving one out to one player on every team, that would at least give everyone an opportunity to say, holy shit, this guy had that going on? I didn't know that. Or whatever, or whatever. And then maybe another team, it just so happened that it was a great year. All the players, no one had any problems. No one had any family issues. No one had a, a, a sick child or anything to take their focus away from hockey, but they have to give it to someone. And, and maybe, so they give it to the guy that was suspended for sleeping in because well, maybe, he's been great since then. Maybe what they do is they don't mandate that you have to nominate or have to pick one from your team. So like, if you got a guy, you send us your guy, you know, it's, it's like, it's open to everyone to send a guy basically but you don't to, have to, to get it, but you don't have to. Interesting. So it's up to the team basically to say, I want you to win this award or not. You deserve this award right. this year. So right. we're nominating you. And because and right now it's, it's basically instead of being nominated, you win. 
Yeah. And every team doesn't have to nominate someone because you might not have a story. Or maybe Buddy goes, that was a shitty part of my life. I don't really want to shine a light on that. So on and so forth. Or like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want this going public because it could be something behind the scenes, that, like I said, that you don't know about or you might not find out until this they get nominated for this award and Very you find true. out their struggles. I think you could do it at the awards. You said maybe not at the awards, but you know what you do? You have it as soon as you come back from commercial break, you have all the players that won do the award once. on the stage with their trophy for a quick picture right. and a quick little here's your winners and maybe why or something. Or head to this head to this website to read all the stories. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. you, you literally release the stories. And they have at like the, a video, commercial video story or something yeah. about it. Yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah. At least that way it does help acknowledge everyone. Like everyone gets nominated. That's great. Well, it's like, how do you say who deserves more? Like, oh, is it the guy who had cancer or is the guy with alcoholism? Like, how, it's it's got to be shitty for the guys who have to pick that one to be like, hmm, which story really is going to like, especially now, how much do you think they're factoring? Which story is going to get the most clicks? Which story is the most? Oh, don't even. Yeah. I'm not saying like tantalizing, but what, no, you're it, right. Though. It's the most interesting. I mean, you're right. Fuck. Do you think they're thinking of it from that perspective? Because they might be a little bit. Guy dies on the bench, needs to be revived. Had a 900 consecutive game fucking playing streak or the guy that had to retire and might be able to come back because he had a rare form of bone cancer. Yeah, like it's just, uh, like, what do you weigh? You're weighing like, oh, this guy has cancer, but this guy has MS or like yeah. just trying to figure out that's, that's got to be a weird conversation to have. And it's weird enough that we're getting this close to yeah, it you're anyway. Right. You're right. Um, Let's move along. The, the Leafs nominee is Zach Hyman. Uh, went through that horrible injury last season in the playoffs where he played through it, which I still can't believe. Basically playing on one leg, um, had that off-season knee surgery, came back, put up another 20 spot this season in not even a full season. So pretty rem- remarkable on his behalf. And, and Zach, I was just, you know, we've talked plenty about him on this show and All around how beauty. much we like what he does on the ice. But obviously his off-ice contributions, uh, whether they're for charity or, I mean, the guy writes children's books, he's pretty squeaky clean and, and he seems to do it all. So can't disagree with that. No, not at all. I mean, it, I, I've i been the president of the Zach, fan, Zach Hyman Fan Club. Jeez, I'm really fucking dys- dyslexic today. Speaking is at an all-time low. But I've been the president of the Zach Hyman Fan Club for a long time, man. Like... I'll say it again and again. I've said it lots of times on the podcast. It's one of those things that I will continue to reconfirm to the world because of the amount of arguments I had and the amount of people I had that were telling me that I knew nothing about hockey. I was a complete fucking moron. I'm a stupid. <laughs> people Leaf- on the internet will do that. To I'm you. a stupid Leaf fan that gives everyone a bad name because I think that Zach Hyman is very effective on Matthew's wing when he scored 40 goals as a rookie. Anyone? Anyone? Becoming like, more right as time goes on. Oh, right? he could have had 55 if it weren't for fucking Hyman for on there. Or maybe he would have only had 35, you, you dummy. Like, <laughs> you don't know these things. What we do know is he scored 40. Why are we arguing right now? Yeah. And he was there the next year. Then he was not there the following year. And everyone was a goddamn minus. Everyone was a minus. Team still somehow got 100 points. But everybody was a minus. Except for John Tavares and Mitch Marner. Who played with Hyman? Yeah. Like, and the year before, they were minus. So it's just, you follow the trail, man. The guy plays super hard out there. He plays, like, he, you just know what he's bringing to the table, Lesko. Every night. I don't think he has a bad game. Like, when was the last time I thought to myself that Hyman played poorly? 
No, the answer the, is never. The only thing you, you ever get on his case for is, is not finishing. But I mean, he's put up 20 in the last two years. What more can you ask of that guy? And, and on occasion, on the penalty kill, he won't shoot it down the ice when that's probably the right play. I know Sheldon wants you to hang on to it, cut, kill a couple more seconds. Maybe you can find a guy streaking. Just get rid of it. it. It's been bouncing around. It hit the post already. You have to know when there's times to just be like, fuck this noise and just yeah, get it out. Just cut and run. That's the one time in my life where I've said, come on, Hyman, like fucking do what you're supposed to do here. And then he chips it out and goes off. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, but anyway, I'm excited to see the team back, dude. Uh, we we just talked about getting um you know back into business here on the podcast. It'll be nice to talk about actual hockey. Actual hockey. We are going to get there. Bring soon. some guests in. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm we're going to start itching. teeing up everything. I know we're we're unfortunately still looking like two months out, uh, but you know sports are starting to trickle back in. There's there are are active sports leagues right now. The NBA just announced, of course, they're planning to return. So. Uh, I know we're all chomping at the bit for some real shit to go on, but uh, yeah, they get to do it at Disneyland, right? Yeah, I know that's lucky quite them. Interesting. Lucky them, I guess. What, what, but really, what what does that fucking mean? From what, it's not like they're going to ride Splash Mountain in the why not off, off days? Why not? Because they're grown ass men. <laughs> <laughs> they're all tall enough to ride. That's for sure. Fucking probably too tall to ride some of that shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The one fucking said, you know, someone puts their hands in the air and just yeah, loses both their hands, their hands off. in a terrible space mountain in- um, incident. I did want to mention this just because it's a quick throwback to last week, and we won't spend a lot of time on this because we've already have. But uh, the hockey diversity was announced by Akeem Aliu. Uh, Vander Kane, Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. Um, and apparently they had some consulting and support from Colin Kaepernick before they launched this endeavor. So oh, gee. it'll be interesting to see what, what they do. Check out their release. Um, it just kind of spells out what they stand for and obviously just trying to you know, eliminate inequality from the game of hockey. Can um, you say that name again? Sorry. It's called the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Okay, thank you. Not and, just for uh, me, but also for the listeners. Some people quickly pointed out that there was no women involved in this endeavor. Uh, I guess saying it was not diverse enough, but it was clarified by the alliance that there they were seeking female uh, candidates to join the organization. So I, I see, it's it goes back to like we said last night week. Sometimes it's not good enough. Sometimes it's not good enough for some people, right? Right. I hear you. If but- they're ready. It's like I. You know they got they got to find something to to jump on, right? But why not? I can they not a- approach the uh, president of the NHLPA, which is Kim Kim Dave- Davis. She's African American, doesn't she? Check off both She's amazing- president of Sportsnet. Is she? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I. But there's a good idea of a person to get involved with because I know she's championing championing those causes herself uh, in the GTA, I believe. So, but I did want to mention that because uh, it's an interesting development. Obviously, timely, and uh, a lot of these guys have been vocal for quite some time. Vander Kane and Aliu as well. Um, we did mention how going back to Aliu's letter. Uh, didn't cause as much uproar, and then of course a week later, all this shit happens, and off we go. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of that too. Sorry, I was. I was... You're trying to verify whether I, well, I I fucked up. Or... NHL executive Kim Davis pictured says the league's use of race and Black Lives Matter in the same sentence last week was a huge moment. So she's an NHL executive. So I'm wrong. Well, I, I I wasn't trying to. No, no, oh, I just want. I want to correct for, correct this for the record. Oh, <laughs> NHL's. 
NHL's Executive Vice President of Social Impact, Growth Initiatives, and Legislative Affairs. Okay, so she works for the NHL. I thought yeah. she worked for Sportsnet for some reason. Yeah, I was way off yeah, on the president of the L- of the whatever the fuck I said. <laughs> I <was way> off, <laughs> but, yeah. but she's definitely in the league, though. It's a good thing I, we yeah. verified because we were both fucking wrong. <laughs> fact checks. Quick yeah, fact checks quick here fact on the Pucks D podcast. There you go. Um, another weird story I wanted to mention uh, in order to you know, switch gears and get back to the light stuff here is uh, apparently Carter Hutton had googly eyes last season. Did you see this story? Oh yeah. Something about like his vision, his was vision impaired? was fucked up. So he started the season like, like Oh eight and four or something like that. Um, and I don't, you know, actually winning the starting job and going into the last season as the starting goaltender. And he was finding trouble. He said, even in practice, like getting muffins tossed at him, he was having a hard time tracking the puck. And it turned out he had developed this issue where his left and right eye would not move at the same pace. Oh, so googly eyes is a great way to put it. I, I don't know a better way of putting it. I mean, the article didn't say that, but I was like, oh, googly eyes. I don't think it's super PC, but it works. Well, I mean, <laughs> so he was like a Muppet out there. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, because that's the first thing I think of. It Like, you're like, they weren't going in the same direction. So right. googly eyes or chameleon, I guess, maybe, because they, yeah. they can look at, uh, in different directions, but they do it on purpose. Imagine how frustrating that would have been though, to not understand, like, why can I stop these shots that I normally can stop? And he said, of course, it wasn't until we, you know, we looked into it further and realized that that's what the problem was. But how would you not even, I mean, I find it strange that you wouldn't like know that something was wrong on, on, on the day-to-day life, on day-to-day life, looking around. I guess you wouldn't, wouldn't know because probably nothing is, nothing you look at as, as difficult as tracking a puck. Sure. Or like quickly moving. Yeah. Like, like it just, it might, and they might've been so small, I guess. Of a difference, like you might not have been able to look at his eyes and determine that they weren't keeping up at the same time, right? But you know what, a puck that's moving, you know, a hundred and some kilometers an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're walking down the street. You're you're just looking around. Like, yeah, your eyes not are pretty relaxed. Looking at things that are you you can barely see to begin with. You know, uh, an yeah, NHL yeah. level clapper or something. <laughs> right. So I thought that was interesting. Apparently, he's worked it out. Um, they they gave him I guess a bunch of exercises and regimens. Basically, they has to do to basically fix and and I guess retrain your eyes to work as they once did or as they're supposed to. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, that's tough. That could be a Masterton thing, right? Well, expected to make a recovery, though? Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. He said he squared it up during the season, and that's when his record turned. Yeah, he started winning I, games I did again. read that. It was, yeah. Yeah, so it... Because they said he really hit, like, the, the top and the fucking bottom of the mountain. Yeah, like, and I remember talking about Buffalo, place. and we're like, yeah, Carter Hutton, big disappointment for Buffalo, and kind of maybe part of the reason why they're not doing so well, but his numbers look more reflective of his 2018-19 numbers in the second half of 2019 after he was able to... Um, correct the issue well on that note do you want another beer yeah i'll get you another beer great this is a two beer show yeah two beer show uh tee us up on whatever you want yeah so about. i'm gonna go with another oddball story here uh this one just caught my eyes as i was scrolling through the internet but former ottawa senator brandon bachensky if you remember that guy he's the new mayor of grand forks north dakota so firing up a political career uh, i didn't even well I guess I assumed he was out of the game. It was a long-ass time ago. I think most recently he played for the Bruins, I want to say, off the top of my head. I remember the name. Yeah, and he, he I think he bounced around a little bit, but I believe he got his start in Ottawa. 
Brandon Bochensky. Bochensky. Mayor Bochensky? Yeah, he's now he's Mayor Bochensky. Like, is that how did you end up coming across? I just like, literally like, just popped into my Twitter feed. And I was like, that's interesting. How many hockey players turned politicians other than Ken Dryden have you ever heard of? Right, yeah. And Ken Dryden was just appointed to the Senate, which anybody can fucking do that. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Ottawa Senators, Chicago Blackhawks, Boston Bruins, Anaheim Ducks, Nashville Predators, Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning. So a little bit of suitcase there. Yeah, finished off with the Tampa Bay Lightning. How many games did he play? He played 156 NHL hockey games, scoring 28 goals. Assisting on 40 for a grand total of 68 points. So he's up and down guy. 54 penalty minutes. I think he entered with Ottawa, though. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay, he yeah, that's with what Ottawa. I figured. I, I think that's why probably the only reason I recognize his name is knowing him from his time with the Ottawa Senators. Never played a full season in the NHL. A lot of bouncing up and down. Most games played in one season was 31 games with the Boston Bruins. 22 points in 31 games. Had a pretty good year. It's not too bad. For the 06-07 Boston Bruins, current mayor of somewhere in North Dakota. Grand Forks. Grand Forks. That's a popular place. Well, they've have they had the World Juniors there before, yeah. have they not? Yeah. yeah. yeah That's why it's popular. Hockey place. Okay. Well, so that makes sense. Fucking vote for Bochensky. Yeah, right? That's all his signs are just him. Yeah. <laughs> him with a stick. <laughs> in all these different uniforms. They got his hockey DB on a campaign poster. <laughs> Played in NHL. Check out all his statistics. Yeah, so I just thought that was a cool story. I want to mention that. That's funny. Um, and yeah, I mean... Fuck, Leafs are getting back on the ice. Uh, they reported guys have been trickling in, and I actually read uh, a report saying that the Maple Leafs are seem to be a bit of ahead of the game in that they have a lot of guys who live locally, and they've managed to get about 20 uh, guys in town right now for regular skating and regular workouts. So nice. when I say regular, it's not regular at all. They can only go out with like a seven guys and a goalie. Right. But they, they we're starting to see what the practice squad rosters look like and and uh yeah so it's i know that Tavares did a bit of an interview uh yesterday i believe did some media so it's starting it's starting to feel real right we're starting to get that little bit of it's coming well one more day closer and uh i mean technically we're only one day away from you know major professional sports returning uh with the PGA tour that's right. Commencing. And MLS just announced Tomorrow. they're starting first week of July. July 8th. Yep. So um, that's awesome. And they're going to have three games a day. Yeah. In Orlando again. Yeah. Like, uh, if I'm I'm not off, actually, I got my holidays the first week. I think it ends on the 6th or something like that. But I guess it'll be on the weekend. Maybe it fires up. It's going to put in a, might have to put in a couch shift. Do you think that it would be illegal to fly your drone? Over the soccer game? Probably. And watch it? Probably. Because I would try that. That would be cool. Yeah, and then... Like, if you live in Orlando and... the cops come beat the piss out of you because they think you're fucking trying to (laughs) infiltrate or uh, scout out some kind of terrorist attack. Oh, too soon, man. I guess. Too soon. They're not going to beat the shit out of me. Not in this day and age. They're still beating the shit out of everyone (laughs) right now as we speak, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you're right, man. Um... You want to talk a little Anaheim? I meant. I think we meant to bring oh, yeah. the story up last week, and and I was a little alarmed when I saw the quotes as well. If you want to hammer that out, yeah, sure. So, um, what was it here? It was Bob Murray. So it was kind of out of left field, to be honest with you. I, I don't know what prompted the quote or what the interview situation was like here, but basically the comments came out. Bob Murray 
GM of the Anaheim Ducks. He said that he tried to stay out of the dressing room as best he could to allow coach Dallas Eakins to do his job. And this was supposed to be Eakins like comeback story, so to speak. I mean, he's had a bit of a rough ride. He, he, you know, he, he was with a young Oilers team that wasn't where everyone thought it should be. Um, you know, a lot of people touted him as being the next Leafs coach at one point. Right. Um, they ended up going with Ron Wilson, I believe at the time, or perhaps it was Carlisle. I can't remember a long time ago. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that interesting because I've never heard or read anything negative about this guy, and so to hear Bob Murray come out and say that he feels it was a mistake that he didn't spend more time in the room, and basically cited that you know young guys were allowed to get away with whatever they wanted, and uh, there wasn't enough structure. It sounded like I, I found that I found that a little odd, and and you think in a team that's got veteran presence like Ryan Getzlaff that that shit like that wouldn't be able to go on. Yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty damning. It was a pretty damning quote too. Like he said, some of the kids were allowed to get away with murder. Accountability in this group is going to change. Right. So, I mean, if you're an Anaheim ducks fan or even a, a player, like you said, the, the leadership, the core of the team, like how, how excited are you for next year? Is this, is this something that you, should be excited about is this your Eugene Melnick between two ferns interview <laughs> where you're like hey man I like what he said I think we're gonna you know rah rah go team we're gonna come back and have a great year or are you anticipating another less than stellar season from the Anaheim Ducks like mm-hmm. they've been kind of middling you know treading water no pun intended but that's exactly what they've been doing they 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 seem they seem to be calm up top like a good little duck is on the pond, but underneath it's just fucking going like They're crazy. Flailing. <laughs> like what's going on yeah. out there? Like are they going anywhere? I don't when think was it's a knock. Any good? I don't think it's a knock on Aikens uh, necessarily. I think it's more of a, a reflection of how Bob Murray thinks things went down with the team this year and, and like you said, accountability. That team got a lot younger at the same time. Like there's a lot, a lot of young bodies in that dressing room. So... I can understand how an old school guy might have that perception and we don't know how bad it actually was, but I actually listened to Ryan Getzlaff's interview with Chicklets and he had kind of alluded to something similar, basically saying like it, it took a while for these guys to figure it out, you know, and, and learn how to be pros and, and he feels that they actually took some positive steps throughout the last season oh, yeah? despite not really you know, not making it anywhere. And I don't think anyone pegged them as a playoff team either, but no, that's fair. But I mean, obviously we're talking about, you know, the likes of Max Jones, Sam Steele, uh, Troy Terry, who I was really high on Comtois. Uh, Yeah. Comtois as well, actually. And you know what? That shouldn't surprise too many people. uh, If we're throwing back to the most recent world junior championships and Comtois was, a bit of a clown with the with the with the flopping out there uh, this year, right? That was him, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, because I remember bitching and saying, "Come on, man! Like you're the captain of the team. Yeah. You're an NHL player. Shape up, like shape up." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's 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 different, and they're definitely in a, a transition period there down in Anaheim. And but I mean, Bob Murray's fucking one of the best GMs going. I mean, he's been there forever, and and he built a cup cup team before and cup contender before, so. Yeah, uh, you got to figure that they're gonna 
they're going to continue to grow, and I think they're on the right course as far as drafting well and and bringing in the right guys. But let me ask you though, like, do you, do you assume that, or are you just saying that because it's good podcasting? Oh, you have to assume that he he knows what he's doing, yada yada yada. Because this guy built a cup winning team back when Burke was oh six sort yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, is this is this the way? Because I feel like at this point in time, this is a great. This is a great segue, an unnatural segue, because this is not what we were going to talk about, but this is how podcasts work. Like, this is a good segue to the talk between the new age and the old age. Like, if you had, if you went into a supermarket for general managers right now and they were the exact same price, would you pick up a Bob Murray off the shelf or, or shelf, or would you pick up a Kyle Dubas off the shelf? It's just me. I'd be picking up a Kyle Dubas. Me too. Right? Because I want, they're, that's the thing is, these guys, unfortunately, have their fucking expiration dates. I mean, people basically gave Pat Quinn an expiration date. They said when he was done with the Leafs, he was fucking done. And yet he went on to go and, and coach the World Juniors and coach a lot of other places. But as a GM, he was done after the Maple Leafs. Right. But you can't discount the knowledge and everything. No, and I don't but mean it depends. to do that. It, it, I think it depends on whether it's like a strong-headed GM that's like, this is, I'm the fucking man, I'm going to... Everything goes through me, and, and I won't embrace change. Right. Well, it's, it's not even that. It's just not interested in hearing maybe dissenting or other ideas because a lot, you know, much like I say this, and this can contribute to your success in politics or, or whatever. But if you surround yourself with smart people, regardless of what generation they came from, you're you more likely be okay. to be successful. Yeah. So it, I think it would be really dependent on that if you're quote-unquote old school or not. But, I mean, it's a young man's game, dude, right? We know that now. And I don't mean that it's a young man's game in the sense that Dubas is young or, or another young GM versus Bob Murray and, and his age. I mean, the actual players. Like, it's a young right. man's, it's a young player's game. And I don't know if it's super easy for, you know, a GM with a rap sheet like a Bob Murray to just completely abandon what has gotten him the W's before, right. which has been you know, big, strong players with a lot of leadership values and stuff. It's not like that anymore. You got to try and find moldable talent. There's right. talent everywhere you look now, Lesko. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, it's, it's having someone who's fast and, and skilled is not a competitive Great. advantage anymore. <laughs> we have six more of those in the back. Exactly. We, we pointed that out before on the show that, that, yeah, speed and skill is not necessarily a competitive advantage anymore because that's the way the bulk of the league has moved. That's right. Well... Interesting to see, man. I, I'm there's a few teams as we talk about them. Like as time goes on, I kind of forget, you know, that we had a huge conversation about the Minnesota Wild, where we learned that you know Boost Brudro is in fact not the coach there anymore. <laughs> I knew that. I I made sure that you learned it. <laughs> ah, fucking idiot. Yeah, whatever. Well, it'll be interesting to get back into teams again because because not without regular games and seeing regular highlights, you forget who's who and who's doing what, and it almost feels like a new season with the upcoming play-ins, playoffs. Yeah. Yes, uh, the play in to play off. Talk about like a, a hit in the reset uh, button and, and it'll be interesting to see because you don't want to, I mean, how much can you really carry over from the last season? Oh, this guy was hot. This guy was great. This guy was terrible. But it's like, it's almost like fucking October 4th or whatever all we've, over again. We've basically had an off season. Yeah. That's what it is. We, we've had the length of time that would be an off season. I believe it's 68 days. We might see some rust, I think, but there's oh, no for sure. there's no excuse for any of these guys to not be in shape. Like they should all be in shape, like game shape, 
physical conditioning wise. It's just maybe not the skills to be as sharp. But, you know, I'm excited even though they're having these weird practices with small amounts of people. So it really puts in perspective how far we are. Yeah. But at least they're on the ice, right? Yeah. And let's be honest. Like we all talk about, oh, I can't wait. And, you know, time goes by really slowly right before you're about to wake up and go to Disneyland or something. But time is relative. It's always the same. So in, in, even though we're waiting for this to happen and I can't wait and it seems like it's forever, fuck, dude, it's going to be tomorrow. Suddenly, it's going to be tomorrow and we're going to be having a podcast and our podcast is either going to be the day after it came back or or the day before or who knows, man. Maybe we'll do two podcasts that week. We'll do a night before preview show and then well, we'll fuck if there's hockey back. every day we should just daily it <laughs> daily shows just daily show daily like 20 minute recap show recap fucking I like going it. at it we should just go wild with i it. like it dude i can't wait to fucking watch these games man out in our little sweet oh, outdoor yeah. living room area with the fucking projector yeah that this I got guy converts there. a greenhouse into an outdoor patio living space overlooking the cornfield out back that's a soybean field this year soybeans yeah, eh? they switched it up i guess i learned something we gotta rotate day. you gotta rotate crops Rotate your crops. Yeah. So that's what they're doing this year. It's a soybean. But man, speaking about the yard, though, like you, you saw the yard coming in. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a difference, eh? We're, we're, we got brush getting cleared out. She's looking pretty sharp. Let me looking tell you. bigger, too, without all the crap in there. Let me tell you. It's like, my... just overgrown shit, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was. It was a jungle of fucking vines, and some of it was dead. And yeah, there's some lilacs here that are probably as old as the house back in the 1800s. See, I like how you got a guy with an excavator to deal with that because that's not just an axe and some clip, some head shermers type job. Oh, fuck no, man. That's my buddy Brian. So, Brian. What a fucking beauty this guy is. He, a new listener, by the way, probably listening right now, having a good laugh here. Brian, uh, this guy is jack of all trades, let's go. I mean, like, you you name it, he's either, no, he knows how to do it, he already does it, maybe he fucking sells it. This guy just knows everything about got, fucking everything. Yeah, I love having a guy like that in your back pocket. That's <laughs> the guys you need to know. That's like my, my, my wife's grandfather is that guy. He's one of those, they don't make them like that anymore, guys. Right. He'll fucking fix your boat. He'll fix your car. He'll fucking, you know, install your furnace or yes. whatever the hell you need to do. Reroute your electrical. fucking 75 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, and just a wealth of knowledge and, and a great guy to spend time with. And I always, we're always doing little projects together now. It's like, oh, I need to tune up my motor. Let's do this. And he'll just you know work oh, it with it but, I'll, but i'm sitting right there it's not like i'm fucking off while he's working on no, it you're i'm sitting there and learning that shit because yeah. you don't know how long that knowledge is going to be available for you to soak up yeah that's right i mean i i, I watch brian work his magic in the excavator uh obviously i i'm not like taking notes or anything how badly does it make you want one of those things oh man like it's so amazing dude like he literally just fucking jams it in the ground and like it's got the little thumb piece on there oh, all yeah. hydraulics yeah yeah so you can hear it you know, and then boom, picks up the whole fucking root and it's bigger than the couch that you're sitting on. Oh yeah. And just lifts it in the air and, and he's doing like jigga, 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 <laughs> and shaking all the, all the soil off. Oh yeah. Cause and then he's looking at me laughing. He says, I'll save you some soil. He says, you know, and he's shaking it <laughs> off. Fill it in. It's really cool, man. He, he just moves it over, drops it, puts it all in like this neat pile and then picks up the whole fucking pile and jams it right on his dump trailer and fucking peels out of the driveway. I feel like, like if you have more than a few acres of property or even more than a couple acres of property, like those like Kubota tractors that got the bucket and the and the plow on the front, like 
the bucket on the front and the excavator arm in the back, like that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, even just the little guy. I feel like you need one of those if you're into that property, like into like a sizable property, especially if you got, say, brush to clear and shit like that. Yeah, and we have a lot of that going on right now. Luckily for us, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like Brian is a client of mine. That's how we first met. Uh, you know, he's a client of mine and, you know, we became friends after having lots to deal with. He was always one of the guys that I really enjoyed talking to on the phone, you know, and, and I'm not much of a phone guy and I'm also always fucking busy. Let's go. So it's like some clients, you just know it's going to be three and a half minutes. Right. Like this guy doesn't talk at all. I'm just going to call him and ask him if he wants the coverage. Yes or no. And then it, that'll be it. And then there's other times where you have to plan around it. You say, man, I can't call Brian, for example. I can't call him right now. Because I don't have 15 I don't minutes. have the time. <laughs> like I'm too busy. And it makes me feel bad because if I feel like I'm ignoring a client. But realistically, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm managing my clients in a better fashion. Because I don't right. want to call Brian I like how- and be like, hey, dude, I can't talk to you at all. I'm only calling you for two fucking minutes. That, I, I feel rude that way. I really like how you, you mentioned that he's the listener and now you just said that you flash his calls sometimes. Well, I said it in a nice way. <laughs> and you I just sewered yourself. No, I never said I don't pick up his calls. Right. I don't. Oh, you don't call when you I know don't, you don't have the time. Yeah, All I, right. Okay. Okay. I did specifically right. say that. All right. I said, so I that's, don't, that's just me trying to fuck you. Yeah, get you into to a corner. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Brian will, Brian will have something to say about oh, that right, next week enough. for sure. But hey, we got another listener out of the deal. So no, you know, thanks um, for listening, Brian. And thanks, thanks for everything you're doing out in the front yard, my man. He's actually working, not right now, but he was working just a few moments ago. As we ago, started the show. As we were starting the show. So Right on. Well, and thank you to everyone else for continuing to listen. I know we're starting to pick things up again. Hockey's starting to pick things up again. We're wrapping this shit up so we can get the hell out of here and go <laughs> enjoy some of this beautiful sunshine that's coming in through the window. Pissing rain all morning, but I believe that that is off for the rest of the day. Yeah, we were supposed to get some sort of crazy fucking thunderstorm. Oh, it was thunderstorm like crazy this morning. Yeah, but I had heard that we were supposed to get some sort of like fucking hail. Oh, yeah. Well, they always do that. And then this happens. They always do that. They're like... They're like, they got to tell you the max warning because they feel liable in case it happened. They didn't tell you. Might be hail, might be tornadoes, <laughs> might be this. Every time there's a severe thunderstorm warning. But the weirdest shit, it was like 15 degrees this morning and then it's fucking 28 when I roll in here today. Yeah. Hot and muggy all of a sudden. It was muggy. Get out there and enjoy it, people. I'm kind of glad that you uh, were able to come over sooner than later because I was able to get away from having to help them load the trailer out there. Fucking A. All right. All right. Pucks and Deep Podcast. Coming in hot, saving the day. Episode 64 is a wrap. Thanks for listening here on the Pucks and Deep Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Let's Go Adam and at Coleman42. Also find the station at PuckPod. Let us know what you guys want to hear uh, coming up for the next couple of shows. As my co-host uh, has eloquently said, we've got quite a ways to go. So we're going to do a weekly show and at least bring you a little bit of content. We're almost an hour, Let's Go, so we did pretty good this week. On time. Yeah, on time, exactly. So, well, same time, same place next week. Until then, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out. <laughs>